Hello and welcome into the Gotta Be Saints podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Gotta. Join me each week as I tackle life's most important question. How do I become a saint? Today's podcast is titled Know Your Worth. This is part two with Siobhan Lunt. Hey, Siobhan. Hi, Brendan. How are you? I'm, I'm doing excellent. Thank you for joining uh, once oh, again. If you, if you were able to listen to part one of my talk with Siobhan, she kind of shared her story. And we are talking, uh, as I said, about knowing your worth. And she hit on a lot of different uh, reasons or things in her own life that have impacted who she is today, um, but really hit home, especially at the end of episode one, uh, just on the importance of prayer and sacrifice and good company, these pillars to being the person that you're supposed to be, um, things that are going to build you up uh, so that you do know who you are. And one of the things she kind of finished with, which really stuck with me, uh, was scripture. And she said, who do you say that I am? So I kind of want to begin episode two with that passage. Um, If you guys know in sacred scripture, Jesus is with his apostles and he says to them, who, who do you, who are they saying that I am? And, you know, they respond. Some are saying John the Baptist, others, Elijah, others, one of the prophets. And then Jesus looks at them and he says, but who do you say that I am? And Peter being Peter uh, is very bold in his proclamation and just says, well, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. Now, this declaration is a declaration that did not come because Peter uh, was just smarter than the rest. And and Jesus even says so. He says that God has revealed this to you. This has been revealed to you. So when we talk with this podcast about knowing your worth, I think that question is, is very important to look at because Jesus asks us that question in turn. And he says, but who do you say that I am? And so Siobhan, I'd love to ask you, you know, with that question, especially, who do you say that I am? I think, of course, you and I both know that in turn, we should be saying that he is, you know, God, our father, our loving father, our merciful Lord. Uh, Mm -hmm. But we should also be able to then understand that that reflects back on who we are. Um, So if you, you know, that was actually the second question I was supposed to ask you, which I never got to, is, you know, what does our Lord really say about this topic? And and you hit yeah. on it, of course, but uh, I'd love for you to just go into that a little bit. Yeah, uh, I, I love that question. And I've uh, sat with that in reflection a lot of time, you know, because it, 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 it's such a personal question. And I think that it it really shows you some areas of work that you need, you know, for me that I need to work on or areas of doubt or insecurity that I have, um, or areas of self-limiting beliefs or whatever it is. But for me, I, I, I think, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a simple girl and I love just go to my go-to prayers. And I think for me, when I stop and reflect on who do you say that I am, um, it's been such a journey for me to sit back and say, you know, like you are a good good father. And, uh, and for me, that is so comforting, um, to think about the Lord as someone who he, you know, if you just think about the best hug you have ever received someone who you're so safe with them and secure and, um, 
you know, you can, you can share all of your highs, all of your lows, all of your disappointments, fears, frustrations. For me, that is, that is the Lord. And I just think of that, that's that warm embrace and that safety where you can rest and, and truly be at peace. And that's been um, such a journey for me to, to get to that point where I can say that and really believe it in, in, in my soul. So for me, uh, like I was saying earlier, music is so powerful to me and it really, it moves my soul to a new level. And so I, I, I think praise and worship, and I like the more, the slower praise and worship that are just very meditative. Um, that for me is a huge bomb to the soul and has helped me grow in my relationship with the Lord at 100%. So if you aren't listening to some praise and worship, I'm happy to send you some recommendations, <laughs> but I think that that if, if music moves you, like it moves me, then I think that's going to show you and open your heart up in a whole new way to know the Lord and to love the Lord. And, um, and then for me, it's just the simple prayers that when I feel myself either doubting or struggling, Jesus, I trust in you is, is one of my most favorite prayers because it's simple and it's so powerful. Um, and so just the, the other scriptures that I always think of is, you know, uh, for, I, I knew you, I created you, I knit you in your mother's womb. Um, and I think about how the Lord knows every single hair on our head. And that was always astounding to me when I would actually stop and think about that, um, to know you. It's not that hard, him. Jesus. Like, I'm sorry. I don't have that many on my head. But, um, for me, that, that is such a, that's such a beautiful thing to, for me to think about. So just those, those go-to prayers that I have. And then, um, I think Jesus, I trust in you has really transformed my life over the years and, um, and in so many ways, but, um, yeah, for you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I, I love that. That one is, is such a beautiful reflection for me to really think about that. Um, it, it, you were made for such great, that we are made for such great things. And, and for far, so often we settle for, for way less than what God would want of us out of fear or insecurity or uh, feelings of unworthiness. We really wrestle with that. And I think sometimes, um, you know, Catholic guilt can come in the way or you're, you're, you feel like you need to be sacrificial or, or always giving of yourself to a point where you're depleted. And, and I don't think that that's something that the Lord wants from us. Um, I think he wants us to, to take time to rest and also don't, you know, come to me all who are weary uh, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I think that is such a, like you can just take a deep breath and know that the Lord is guiding you. Um, so I think, you know, hopefully that, that kind of answers your question, but those are my, those are kind of my thoughts on, on how I've, how, what I would, who I would say the Lord is. No, I, I think it definitely does. And I think, you know, the be, the beautiful thing about scripture is it does provide us a lens into who he is. And it also gives us a, you know, something to reflect on and something to be guided by. And I, I think, you know, especially with this topic of know your worth, all the different verses and uh, comments that you you just shared are, are so prevalent. And I think, too, we can just look at the lives of the disciples. And, you know, just the other day um, at Mass, it was the reading of Mark and, or sorry, of, of John. And in the Gospel of John, uh, he calls Andrew. In John, John the Baptist points at, at Jesus and says, behold, the Lamb of God, you know, and he points out that this is the Messiah. 
And they go up to him and, you know, Jesus looks at them and says, who do you seek? And their response is not a normal answer. What are you, what are you seeking? And they look and really respond, where are you staying? Does that, for most of us, that doesn't seem to answer the question that was asked. And yet, um, as, as the priest in his homily the other day was mentioning, he, he was very clear in saying, this is really a question of, of the heart, of where are you staying? They are asking, can we abide in you? And I think that's a question that you and I, uh, you know, when it comes to knowing our worth, knowing who we are, do we know the heart of our Lord? Do we know where he's staying? Because he knows where we're staying. He very clearly knows uh, every aspect of, of our lives. And yet we sometimes don't know him at all. And it's, it's a shame because he's there standing, waiting for us to, to come to know him. But there, there's great joy in that because, look, Peter, James, John, all of the apostles, they were with the Lord for three years. And when the push came to shove, they denied him. They left him. They deserted him. And then, of course, our Lord meets up with them after his crucifixion. He speaks to their hearts. He reminds them that he still loves them. He understands their brokenness, their humanity. He forgives them. But what does he say to Peter at the fire? He says, come follow me. This is after man has been with him for three years. This is after he's already told him that he is going to be and is the head of this church. And even still, after all of that, after Peter has asked, begged for forgiveness, been given it, he's still being told, come follow me. And in our worth, we have to know I think very clearly that the journey is one that is going to take a lifetime. It is mm-hmm. not just a uh, in the moment, but it is something that is a day in, day out journey. And there are going to be good days and there are going to be bad days. And yet our Lord is going to be with us in, in all of that. And mm-hmm. as you said very clearly, my yoke is easy bird and light. Let us remember that. And if we know that, I think we're able to do uh, do a great deal of good uh, with yeah. this little bit of time we have here on earth. So I, I, I guess the next thing that I kind of want to, to speak to um, with all this being said is there are those who very much know little about themselves. They don't have a great uh, understanding of their own self-worth, but then there are other people who just seemingly are themselves through and through. And what is it about those people? Because those are the most attractive people to be around. Those are the people you want to be friends with. What is it do you think that stands out? Um, why do those people who know their, their worth impress us uh, so yeah. greatly? Is there anything that you think really sticks out um, that you want to, you want to speak to? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, joy joy is a net by which we catch souls. And I love that quote. And I think that people who are grounded in their faith and uh, draw from their faith for their strength and for their identity in Christ and their identity in who they are and 
that is attractive. And so the light of Christ is something that draws people in when you are good, when you are, when you're confident and you know who you are and whose you are, that speaks louder than, than any words can, could ever say. So I think that that is something that's attractive is that we want to be around people who are confident in themselves, you know, people who are kind, people who are, who are not going to gossip, people who don't speak ill of others, people who encourage and empower and are able to sit and listen. I think those are all characteristics of people who are, are very strong in their self-worth and their self-identity in Christ. But I can guarantee you that people who are that way are only that way because of, of the work that they've put in to get there. I think certain people are gifted with a strong sense of self. Other people kind of stumble along the way uh, until they get to that point. But the commonality that you share is people have chosen it for themselves and they have chosen to live it out despite the difficulty that it will, you know, the things that will cost them. Um, and despite the, the pain of having to work through things from the past or uncovering, the, you know, I think the Lord always is wanting to heal and continue to heal us. And so I think when you're on this journey of self-worth, you're going to, there's going to be things that come to the surface that you're going to need to address head on uh, and invite the Lord into heal. And that might require that you, you go to counseling for these things. Um, and that, that is also, I think something that is a sign of, of self-care, like I was talking about, um, but I think that confidence is what is attractive to people because they're not easily rattled. When we live in a world where people are so easily rattled and so easily offended, but we know as Catholics and Christians that we're made to be in this world, uh, but not of the world. And so being, you, they're just steadfast. And I think that that is something that is so attractive in others or people who know their worth and they are firm in that, but very tender and very loving. So that's, that's what I'm drawn to and, and people. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I agree with everything you said. And I think the only thing else that I would say is um, I, there's a great attraction to people who have a desire to be more. You know, yes. I think that something in our society oftentimes that is um, intentionally or unintentionally pushed forward is this notion that uh, as long as we are productive in our workspace, you know, especially as adults. So for anyone who's listening to this, who's, you know, an adult and out of college, you know, you get a job and honest to goodness, I think sometimes whatever you're doing work-wise as long as that is being done, that is where you measure your worth and that is where your success lies and that is what's important. And what you do outside of that sometimes is often pushed as unimportant. And I understand that logic, but I think it's so wrong. I see it every day in people I know and people I, I don't know, but see from the outside that, you know, all you have to do, I, I made a joke in, in reference uh, of episode one of dating profiles. And I, I commented on Hinge. And all you have to do is look at some dating profiles to realize that people have become uh, almost corralled by this idea that your best worth is almost acting like you don't care about anything at all. I mean, read a profile and it's, I like margaritas. I like to go to Taco Tuesday. I like chips and queso and I want to lie on the couch on Saturday and watch Netflix 
if you prescribe to any of those things, I'm in. Oh, wait. Also, if you have a dog, understand I will match with you. And don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with these things. But I read that profile and I literally say, boring. Like you, you don't sound like there's a, there's a lot of depth there. And to know your worth, there's nothing wrong with being quote unquote basic. But there is something wrong if your whole life, and this goes back to Siobhan's point in episode one, is just to be a good person. If you look at the lives of the saints, which of course is it's called Gotta Be Saints. I'm going to talk about this. It's inevitable. You're not living a cookie cutter lifestyle. You're not living a lackadaisical lifestyle. You're not being lazy. And I'm not saying that those things prescribe laziness in, in the fullest sense. But if that's your description of who you are, that's your description of what you do outside of your work day, I think it, it would beg the question to maybe do some self-discovery and self-reflection and look and say, why is it that that is what my life looks like outside of the nine to five? And does this speak to who I think I am? Because I think we are made for more, but sometimes we don't even believe that in ourselves. And we oh, settle sure. for being a lesser version of ourselves because it is easier. Yeah. And I think people are afraid. They are, you know, what that says to me is they don't want to, um, the the society, the standards that society sets is like we were saying, your, your, your worth comes from your career. Your worth comes from your Instagram followers and your, the amount of money you make in the car you drive and, whatever. And, and while those things are important and, and God wants you to be successful in the career that he, he has chosen for you, um, those do not define your worth. And so when you are living your life for that, you're going to feel empty and you're going to feel lonely. And I think people are afraid to demand more because they are worried that they will be left alone because thinking, well, why am I going to have high standards for myself when, you know, Lisa, sorry to anybody named Lisa to the no, left. No, no, no. This is specific Lisa's out there. You better be listening. <laughs> or Karen or Betty, whomever <laughs> we want to, you know, like name, but it, whomever to my left has lower standards and is better looking than me and has more to offer, but she doesn't have high standards. So she's easier. And so you're afraid to demand more because you are afraid that you will be left alone. And so, but if you're by yourself, it is so much better to be alone and knowing your self-worth to be either dating or married to the wrong person. You will never be lonelier than if you are married or to the wrong person or dating the wrong person. So I think that is a big thing that our culture, people are, they are truly afraid or, or they've convinced themselves that that's something that they really want. It's like, you know, John Christ, his, he, he like goes into Target and he makes fun of all the shirts that are there. It's Taco Tuesday, like wind down Wednesday. And why do we dumb ourselves down? You know, why are we so afraid of, of demanding more of ourselves and demanding more of others, of, of our friends, of potential spouses and things like that? Because the, we are living in a crazy world and it's going to get crazier. And, and we are called to this time for a very specific purpose, but uh, you are made for excellence. 
And, uh, and I think we deep down all want that, but we are afraid of what it's going to cost us. And so uh, I think going back to what we were, you know, what we're saying, you have to know your worth comes from the Lord and what he wants for you. He, he's going to demand a lot. Being a Catholic is demands the most. <laughs> it demands the most. Uh, and what a beautiful thing. Uh, because it will therefore, I think, lead to your greatest fulfillment. So I think fear is a huge, it paralyzes people, you know? So I think that's a big thing in our culture is people are so afraid and they don't want to ruffle feathers and they, and they want everybody to think that their life is going great. And they don't want to people to think that they're, you know, that, that life is difficult. Well, life is always going to be hard in every season. You're going to have difficulties. So I just think it, it it's unrealistic. And, and like you're saying, demand more from yourself, <laughs> yeah. like set higher standards for yourself and don't be afraid to do the work because that if your ultimate goal is to get to heaven and is to be a saint, you can't get there being a good person. That nope. you're not going to, no good person is a saint. They are, they are great. They are well beyond what we, you know, well beyond good, well beyond mediocre. And, um, and I think that's something that I've reflected on a lot. You know, I always pray, I never want to be a lukewarm Catholic <laughs> or just a lukewarm person in general, you know, because uh, what the Lord says about that is frightening. So, but I just think that for so too, too often we are content with accepting less than. Amen. Amen. Well, I, yeah. this might not need as long of an uh, answer from both of us, um, but, and you kind of, you mentioned it in episode one is, but how does social media play a part in this? Look, I mean, I run this ministry all through social media, so I am pro social media. I will always be pro social oh, media sure. because I think it can be such a source of good. I mean, all I have to do is bring up the uh, messages that I get every single day from different followers who are saying something about some quote that was shared or sending me something, you know, that they were inspired by that they thought would impact uh, my spiritual life. So I love social media, but how does that play? in? you know, as we talk about our worth, uh, maybe just briefly talking about how, how that can be a positive, but also how it can be a negative and what we do to combat that. Uh huh. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I think social media is definitely a great tool. I know for myself, it's uh, a constant struggle to make sure I am limiting that to its proper, uh, you, you know, just not so that it's not all consuming. Um, so I'm speaking to myself when I am, when I say these things, but I think that social media, like you said, it, it can be awesome. I've really chosen to go through and make sure I'm following accounts that are going to be speaking life over myself, meaning the scripture, so I can constantly be surrounded by the Lord's word uh, and amazing inspirational Catholics and Christians who are always going to encourage me to be better. So I think if you're, if you're using it to seek encouragement, absolutely. Like look at the, the coffee with saints and, and gotta be saints and all of these things that we have at our fingertips to help us on this journey. But when I think it is toxic and harmful, and this is going to go, it's going to be, indiv- you know, individual for every single person it will be different. But if you start to feel feelings of comparison and you're trapped or you're consumed or you are, you're, you're, it's not helping you in any way, then, then take a break, turn, delete it from your phone. Um, take a fast, 
And I'm talking to myself because I need to do that. And, um, but especially with this, with just this whole, these past couple of years and everything, people can be so critical, um, and so negative on social media. So if you are struggling with, with, uh, knowing your worth and feelings of self-worth and you're trapped in the comparison game, turn it off, delete it from your phone. You will be much happier. You'll have so much more time on your hands. Uh, if you think it's affecting your mental health and it's continuing this narrative in, in your, in your head of, um, you know, just self-limiting beliefs and, and negative, uh, negative thoughts and doubts and questions that's never going to come from the Lord. So take a pause, step back and maybe ground yourself in scripture and, and, and seek what the Lord says about you first. And so I think that also a lot of times self-worth can, can, you have to take a step back and do some self-reflection to see how you're constantly speaking to yourself. What are you, what are, how are you, like, how are you every day? Um, if you're, if you notice that you're in such a negative thought pattern, you have to counter that. You have to counteract that. And it could take some time to rewrite your brain. Your brain is so powerful and what you consume affects your brain. What you listen to affects your brain. How you speak affects your brain, who you talk to, everything affects your mental health. So, um, you know, you might need to, to put some boundaries up in that. Like that's also going to increase your understanding of self-worth and social media can really go one of two ways. And so I think it's just knowing yourself and then having the discipline to, to take a step back when you need to. Yeah. And I think too, choosing the harder thing, I I've been reflecting on that in my own life and, um, you know, in certain cases, I think I do it well. In other cases, I, you know, I, I fall short of the mark. But uh, I, I was talking to a friend just just recently, and I was suggesting giving something up in my life. And they looked at me and they were like, well, why don't you just wait till Lent? And at first, you know, it seemed like a very um, fine thought, you know, well, yeah, why don't I just wait till Lent? And I thought about it a little bit. And actually, just hearing what you're saying made me think about it even more of, but our change in our life cannot be defined by two seasons in the church calendar. I can't, right. or three periods. I mean, in our, in our society today, there's new year's resolutions, Lent and Advent in those three times of the year, everyone's saying, I'm going to change. I'm going to be different. And that's all good to have those timelines. And yet I think it's very much something that we need to be said of, guess what? Our Lord wants to work with us right now. You know, because we don't know if there will be a tomorrow. We don't know. He could easily come with our barn being stored up with all the food. And he could say, I'm going to demand you yeah. today and demand account for what we've done. And so uh, to all that you were saying, I just think sometimes we have to choose the harder thing. If that be in social media or whatever it might be, you know, to the people who haven't exercised in the last 10 years, even if you're still um, in relatively good looking shape. Um, you and I both know that they're probably not in good shape. Um, and the same can be said about so many different things. If you haven't read a book in years, yeah. probably should change that. Right. All these different ways that you can build yourself up. And we need to stop putting the parameters just on uh, these, these seasons. But look, currently today, what can we do to change? Right. What can we do to be better? Um, and I, I think one thing that you did uh, mention, I, I would love to, to ask you, you know, you talked about social media and you talked about how uh, mental health can be a part of it, but mm -hmm. how much, how much of, of worth 
is tied into that anxiety, depression, mental health, but then also uh, in turn or connected to this, how much of this do you believe is nature and nurture? Yeah, those are hard questions. Those are great questions. I mean, um, okay, so the mental health aspect of things, I, I'm not a mental health expert or anything like that. I am an advocate of therapy and counseling. I think that we all have wounds and trauma from our past that, you know, we go to the dentist, hopefully every six months for a cleaning, we go to the regular, um, you know, doctor for a, a physical. So why would we neglect our mental health? And I don't think that there's anything I think that it should be encouraged to go just to make sure everything's everything is a okay. And if you're, if you find yourself in these repeating, you know, repetitive poor habits and, and things like that, um, that it is really important to, to go see a Catholic counselor, someone who's going to understand your faith and understand where you're coming from. So I just wanted to, to um, preface it by saying that, but I do think that if you are predisposed to anxiety and depression, um, again, like I was saying, your thought process is so important and you can, you can know your self-worth. Uh, but if you have such severe wounds from the past, or you're really struggling with anxiety or depression, um, I, I do think that it is important to, to seek professional help in that regard, because that will aid you in that they'll give you tools that you can use to really help combat that. And if you go on medication then that's, you know, that's between you and your doctor to figure that out. So I think that that is something that can definitely play a role in it. Um, and I'm sure, I think we, I think anxiety can be also, um, spurred by just the fact that like, we're always on our phones, we're overstimulated and we're always being, you know, you can always, someone can always get a hold of you at all times. And, uh, so I think that that can definitely lead to feelings of anxiety. And again, if we're not grounded in scripture, if we aren't frequenting the sacraments, we also have been in these crazy lockdown periods, which is not, a, not a friend to anybody's mental health. Um, and these can all have such negative effects. And if you feel like you're spiraling, um, and then it's important to take a step back. And if you have your, your people who you can talk to and share with them, and I would, I, I think that that's a, that's a huge, that's a huge gift. But, um, I think, you know, your second question, how much of it is nature versus nurture? I do think that's an awesome question because I was thinking about that. And like I said, I was raised in a, in a strong home, um, and raised to always speak up for, to do what is right. And, but I do think that some people just are, are going to be more predisposed to, to know their, their worth. And I think like some, certain people have the gift of faith, right? And so if you have some people struggle with faith and they pray for the gift of faith and they pray for the opportunity, um, to, to know the Lord in a deeper way. And that's just, they are always working at it where some people are just thinking, yeah, I, that's not really something I struggle with. You know, uh, like I tend to be an anxious mind <laughs> and my friends are like, I, I just don't worry about things like that. And thinking, what, what do you mean? I have a trillion, what if, situations going on here. Um, and so it's, it is kind of, it is different, I think, but I, I do really think it comes down to personal experience and you've got to, you've got to put the work in to really know your worth, just like you have to put the work in to know the Lord. Um, and so two way street, it's a relationship. And so I always remind myself of that. I take plenty of time to sit and talk to my best friends. I take plenty of time to call people on the telephone, but how much time have I spent 
to with the Lord in conversation, bringing everything to him, asking for guidance, you know, praising him for the speed bumps, for the sufferings, for the, all the good things, all the bad things. And, um, and so I, I, I don't know if I have an exact answer of how much is that is nature versus nurture. I'm sure it's a, I'm sure it's a nice little combination, but I do think it comes down to, you got to take ownership over your life as well. You know, um, we're not called to be victims. We're called to be victors and you've, you've got to help yourself out and take ownership over certain toxic patterns or whatever it is. You can always, that's a beautiful thing about is about our, our faith is that there's always hope. We can always be better until our dying breath. We can always, we can always thanks be to God, fall into a deeper conversion. And I think that that's such a beautiful thing and it's really hopeful and inspiring is if you've taken two steps back like that's fine you'll 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 take you'll be propelled forward and the lord will always give you the strength and the gifts and the grace to move forward but a lot of it comes down i think to really just putting the work in um like i i can't say i can't say enough time of like a prayer and mass and and confession and adoration and and good friends and discussions like this, uh, really sit down and ponder and ask the hard questions and sit in the discomfort and, um, and, and yeah, question, but seek the answers and seek the truth. So don't know if that is an exact answer, but, um, those are kind of the things that, that I, I think, you know, I've, I've kind of just thought about. No, I think uh, everything was beautiful. I mean, Javon, if you ever want to be a life coach, I think you could be successful <laughs> as that. And I mean that, I don't just say that in jest. That's generous. That's generous. Um, but, but I just think, you know, the positivity, I mean, I think anyone who's listening to this, uh, if you're like me, you know, every time you're speaking, it's like, am I about to run through a wall right now? Like, I, I, <laughs> you I probably, can do anything. <laughs> I probably should, well, <laughs> that makes me think of uh, the skit by, what is it, Keenan Peel or whatnot, where they say you can do anything. And the guy, he convinces uh, kids to jump out of buildings. And that's not, what yeah. I don't know <laughs> if you know what I'm, what I'm talking about. Yes, I do. I okay. Do, I do, if you're at home and you're listening to this, give the video a listen. It's funny. Don't do um, it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but don't actually follow through with what he says. Um, but no, I, I think, I hear. mean, everything you're saying is, is so true. And especially the part about prayer, I, um, I shared this just maybe a week ago. On, on the page that I love this. I don't remember where I got this from. So to whoever I'm stealing this idea from, I apologize. But they said that Jesus sacrificed charity for prayer. Think about that. Jesus sacrificed charity for prayer. I want to say maybe Mother Teresa said it, but that's probably not accurate. And I, after getting yelled at last week for attributing something to somebody, I didn't and told how bad I was. I don't want to do that again. Um, but Jesus sacrificed charity for prayer in our lives. Prayer sometimes is the first thing to go. And that yeah. is also the worst thing to go. So if you're listening to this and you get one, one thing, one takeaway from listening to Siobhan and I, may it be that you are having a greater appreciation and maybe more importantly, you're going to put in a greater effort with your prayer life, because that's where it's all at people sitting with the scriptures, letting the Lord speak to you, um, going to the Adoration Chapel, going to the local Blessed Sacrament Chapel, praying in your room alone, whatever it might be, uh, it is so essential. But 
we have now talked for about an hour between these two conversations. So I do want to try to um, wrap up here for your sake yeah. and for those at home. Um, do you have any cool stories uh, that you might want to share or quotes or anything? Any final thoughts? I want to, I want to definitely give you that, a, um, that opportunity. I mean, cool stories. I, I, I don't know if I have any like cool, cool stories, but I, I would just, my hope is always that people uh, leave this conversation feeling em- empowered to know that, um, you know, Christ wants such great things for you. And, and he is pleased. He is pleased with you. And there, um, you know, he, he has everything he has prepared for you. He, he will give you the strength to step into to everything that he has prepared for you. The, the hills, the valleys, the, the depths of some heartbreaks and, and the joys and the sufferings. But if you cling to him, I, I promise you, it will be worth it and you're and there will be joy. So I don't have any wild stories. I think it's just, just make sure you have good friends. I think truly <laughs> that's another thing, pray because prayer will change your life and change your heart. And therefore will give, will, will change the world, but um, make sure that you have good friends and friends who I'm not saying are just gonna, are fun friends, but friends who will sit with you and encourage you and call you out lovingly when you're not going down a path that's the best thing for you um and and that's kind of that's the the biggest thing is yeah read pray enjoy your life be joyful no one likes a sour face saint you know i forget who said that but i think that's a big thing too is have enjoy your life (laughs) i think it was Um, Therese or Teresa of avila one of the yeah one yeah which i think is yeah lord save us from sour face saints which i love that quote Um, yeah but yeah, I think for anyone that's, that's just searching or questioning and, and, and just keep fighting the good fight. That's my, my, my hope for you and can follow me on Instagram and ask me any questions. I'm happy to talk offline and anything like that, but it's my yeah. biggest things. Well, amen. Yeah. I, I think, look, if you're listening to this and you're in high school at home and you're struggling with, with being remote, know that he yep. loves you, know that he, he loves you. If you're a college student in your last semester and you're not living the experience that you thought you would be, remember, he loves you. He's working in your life. If you're a young, uh, young adult in your first and second year being out, you're broke, you are driving your parents' car, you're living at home or you're living with five friends in a small apartment, remember, he loves you. He knows your worth. If you're five yeah. years into your career and you're finally finding some success, finally finding some financial stability and yet your friends around you are married and have their first or second kid know that he loves you. Same thing. If you're that person with those one or two kids and you just started your family life and you've moved away from all that, you know, and you're not seeing your friends as much and parenthood's maybe a little lonelier than you expected. Know that he loves you know that he knows your worth or if you have a big family and you're finally experiencing those kids growing up and they're struggling. Know that he loves you. And the last, of course, for all those people who are parents and now have grandkids, the same thing, et cetera, et cetera, in all circumstances, know that he loves you and he values you and he wants you to be the best person that you can be through him, in him and with him. Um, but that's kind of my my wrap up to to this. Now I want to ask you the two gotta be saints questions that I ask every single time. So Siobhan, okay, who yes. is on yeah. your Mount Rushmore of Saints? Who are your faves? Okay, I love this. Mother Teresa, 
always had, I've had a, a huge devotion to her, St. Joan of Arc. She's my namesake. Um, fun fact, Siobhan is Gaelic for Joan, and I was born the day after her feast day. And then I love uh, Blessed Pier Giorgio Frassati, and I love St. John Paul II. Be not afraid. And I know I also add um, St. Faustina in there because of divine mercy. So we'll just add another one. <laughs> so many people indecisive, but they, those are all of my powerhouse saints who have uh, Oh, Oh, I cannot forget St. Augustine. So St. Wow, Augustine, how could you almost, I don't know. Saint he Ogg. is my, he is my boy. He's my, one of my all time favorites. So he would also be on there. So we'll just add six or however many I said, cause I'm a little indecisive, but they are my, my go-to powerhouse saints. Hey, I like it. Look, mm-hmm. I asked this question. If anyone asked me, I don't think I could give them just four. So you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be yeah. like, well, so you want me to just do a litany of saints? And then, because... one, one more. One and let more, me tell yeah. you why, because I have yeah. a reason for each one. <laughs> um, final question that I, I love yeah. hearing. God willing, you're going to die. You're going to be a saint. And oh. we're going to have, have freaking holy cards of you. Well, let's be real. You're going to live to like 100 and I'm going to live to like 45 to two lots of reasons um what are you gonna be the patron saint of that's a great question and i'm i kind of struggle with this because i i haven't thought about it before you have asked me that so i i would hope uh oh gosh i don't i don't even i don't know i mean the patron saint of many things i think um the patron saint of, of i don't i think just really, my, my passion is really women and, and empowering women to know their worth and to step into that. And so maybe it would be young women who are, or I, I really also have a heart for people who are heartbroken in different ways. So, um, and enjoy joy, joyfulness, like a joyful disposition. So I don't know what, how those would all wrap into one, but um, I think kind of those are the main things that I really really love and the pro-life movement my goodness I love me I love children and and um and ending abortion is a huge huge call in my life so anyways I think I don't know if you could wrap all of those up, up into a patron saint I feel like that, that could and the church be can me. do it they can do it yeah. and also lots of saints have multiple things that they're patrons I know right of, that's so what you're good about. you can be all of those things thank you good 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 Well, thank you once again for taking the time to speak with me on all of this. It has been a joy, and I hope that the people at home are also running through the wall because of all the great great things you said. Um, But once again, thank you. And to all our listeners at home, God bless and have a wonderful day. Know my prayers for you. Please pray for both of us. Yes. Thank you, Brendan.